going on, everyone? It is Peter of the Future here. It is Wednesday right now, uh, a few days after we recorded this episode. I just wanted to pop in and let you all know what our plans for E3 are. We are fortunate enough, both Justin and I, to have been admitted to the show, which is pretty wild. Um, but just going to sort of give you a plan as to what our coverage is going to look like. So E3 proper starts on Saturday, and we are going to be doing an episode every night starting Sunday covering the big reveals and, and uh, the, the conferences that that had happened earlier that day. We're going to be putting out one episode every night through Tuesday, ending with the Nintendo Direct and Treehouse Live and then the Bandai Namco uh, conference as well. So all that said, that's what our plan is. We are so excited to be covering everything this year. And I hope you tune in and have as much fun as we do. So also as just a quick note, because we are doing all of that coverage earlier in the week, we are not going to be doing a regular hitbox. So there will be no episode on Thursday, June 17th, but we will be back with a regular episode on the 24th. So we will see you this weekend and then again on the 24th. Anyway, here is the episode. You're all the best. We'll talk soon. Later. So my girlfriend Elena is trying is is getting into video games. She she bought a Switch way back when, uh, right at the beginning of the pandemic. We were literally in my dorm room packing up my dorm. She was helping me out, and um, we were talking about how Animal Crossing was coming out in a few weeks. And she was like, "Should I should I get a Switch?" I was like, "Yeah, we're about if we're about to be locked like locked down for." I mean, back then they were like, "It's gonna be two weeks." I was like, "No, it's not." Yeah, uh, it's I was like, forever. "I was like, get a switch." I was like, "Get a switch," and she was like, "Are you sure?" And I was like, "Because here's the thing, Elena. You, if you get a switch today before the world shuts down, there will be switches. If you try to get a switch tomorrow, no more switches." So she bought it. So she so she has been playing the switch forever uh, since then, and now she wants to get into she wants to uh, have a PlayStation. So I'm lending her my PS4 because I don't use it right now she bought a tv well she's she's getting set to um to uh, be a real gamer so to solidify her spot as a real gamer i got her some big razor over the ear uh headphones similar to the ones that i have right here justin can see you can see these Li- dear wow. listener just just believe me that i have some headphones um but the one i got her has they have like cat ears and the whole thing just lights up and <laughs> i've never been I've never been more jealous. So she put them on and we found out that they lit up because she like plugged them in. I've never been more jealous and I really want these cat ear, cat ear <laughs> headphones. And Do the you, thing is they don't even, you can't even hear anything on them. It's just for the light up. Yeah, they actually, they're actually entirely broken except for the lights. It's just, uh, <laughs> it's a secondary headband. I guess the reason I bring this up is because do you have things that when you have purchased, you're like, all right, and now it's time for video games. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, I bought this because I want to be a professional gamer. Well, I mean, not a, like a literally a professional gamer, but I bought this because like now I'm taking my video games to the next step. Yeah, two things. The recent yeah. things that I did. The first was when I built the PC, and to be clear, I didn't build it for video games. But one of the first things I wanted to do on it was play video games because sure. I haven't had a computer to do that. And uh, the first game I played on it was uh, Minesweeper. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, was um, 
uh, Gears Tactics was one of the first mm. things I did. Because um, that was a game that at the time was not, you could not play it on your Series X or I guess at Xbox One at the time. So I was excited to play that. Um, and then I realized I hate tactical games. So I stopped yeah. after the first Didn't 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Um, but, uh, second thing is the, uh, elite series two controller. I think that just like, mm. that just makes me feel like whenever I'm playing it, uh, I feel leveled up with it. It's just, and I, I said last week how I really like the new series X controller. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's just such a night and day experience. Cause I, I went back and forth between the two of them. Um, uh, what was that yesterday? And uh, I, it just confirmed in my hand that the Series Elite 2 is so nice in the hand. It's so nice. So do you prefer the Series 2? Oh, yeah, 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 by far. Mm, okay. It's okay. just, it's just okay. a little bit heavier. The uh, like grips is a little bit more uh, like pronounced on it. I like the triggers better. The buttons feel better. And, of course, you got the little back paddles, which I don't do anything yeah. with. Um, it's fun to just do, click around. It is, just for no reason. <laughs> but yeah. I do have to say I've... I've changed how I hold a video game controller, thanks to Near Replicant. Oh, re- oh, really? I now permanently have the 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 thing on each. Uh, I have yeah, a the finger first on two each fingers trigger. on. Yeah, huh. so I have my my index fingers are on the left and right button on the Xbox controller, and then my uh like ring that middle fingers are middle on finger, the triggers. Yeah. yeah, and it 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 feels better on the PlayStation controller, not as good on the Xbox controller. Okay, sure. Yeah. Just fun facts. Uh, did you ever... Uh, I, this was long ago we talked about this. Did you ever get the uh, that Series 2 fixed? Like, does it work better? <laughs> uh, I the, It's still not 100% always responsive with the with the face button, specifically the A button. Um, and uh, it's like you have to hit it. Like You can't just like slightly hit it. You have to be intentional okay. about hitting it. Um, and that was with me, like, sending it in, buying an extra one and trying to get... They even, like, sent this back, quote-unquote, repaired. Um, yeah. But, like, it, I, I find that if you're not thinking about it and you're just lazily pressing buttons, you will miss stuff. Because I bought a secondary... What are they called? Pulse? The Pulse controller? Is that mm-hmm. The Series X controllers? I bought a second one, a red one. Um, I love the color of it, but, like, p- actually pushing the face buttons they do not have the same like punch that my other pulse controller has and the a button like similar to you you have to be really intentional about hitting it and if you don't like you just miss the input so not not ideal it, it, makes, it makes me not, not want to use great it great for like a platformer game like i could imagine like right. if i was doing like super meat boy or something like with this that was like a very like specific about your jump it would be annoying um, yeah, that makes sense. But Justin, we're not here to talk hardware. I mean, sometimes we do, uh, but we're here to talk about the actual the actual video games themselves. It's Hitbox. Welcome back, dear listener, to Hitbox episode number 46. Today, we're going to be talking about a handful of things in the week here leading up to E3, talking about God of War and Horizon and uh, Gran Turismo, as well as uh, some other games that are not going to be exclusives anymore, as well as our thoughts about 
games that came out this year about six months in, but we'll get to all of that later. My name is Peter Hunt Spitek, one of your co-hosts, and with me today is, as always, is my good friend Justin Makovich. How are you, Justin? So when you said uh, that we don't talk about hardware, I was going to make a, a, a joke and saying like, no, we only talk about software, and then I realized that that was like, that's, all, that's, that's a actually thing. A, a thing. Yeah. Is there, is there so, a word for something that's not soft and not hard? Cushyware? <laughs> <laughs> flaccid wear anyway oh no uh, just gotta go. wait. <laughs> we're gonna see if that makes it in <laughs> we're gonna see if that one makes it into the show so justin uh what have you been playing this week video i assume video games yeah yeah uh, other than other than reading uh because i have i have been doing a lot of that reading thing um by the way i've been reading um uh barack obama's uh presidential biography and i realized oh that his 700-page book is only volume one, so there will be a time uh. when he comes out with another 700-plus <laughs> book. But um, that's not a video game, though sometimes politics feels like a video game. But um, I've continued to play Outriders on the Series X, and I like it a lot. Um, I, I haven't gotten, like, super far in it. I realized I've... B- because I do all the side quests, I'm going through the game very slowly. <laughs> mm. um, okay. And uh, I, I got to the part, uh, I just got to the part when you start to fight a lot more of the monster creatures. I was basically in a volcano shooting a thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I am going to be honest. I prefer that game when you're shooting not at humans, but shooting at animals. Like creatures. It just makes it a little bit more action-y. Because I feel like the the bad guys, like the humans, tend to be bullet spongy and it doesn't make sense for me. Yeah. Uh, but like when you're like shooting an animal that's a bullet sponge, like I get it. It's an animal. It's probably got a thick hide. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> I also think because you're playing uh, one of like the medium range classes or are you a close range? One? Uh, the Devastator. So that's the up close one. The the up close shotgun. Bop yeah. OK. Face. So I think I did that one, too. Is that with like the big blade, the big like cyber blade? No, I think you did Technomancer. Technom- with the cyber that, blade okay. or techno yeah, that whatever, because the Devastator's yeah. like ground powers. Oh, okay, got it. Uh, I always think, like, I agree with you. I had more fun fighting the, like, monsters as opposed to, like, the humans in that game. But I have to imagine anyone playing, like, the long-range class, those sections are just not fun. (laughs) You know, just because, like, it's just them charging at you. And if you've got, like, an auto shotgun, you're good. But if, if you have, like, sniper rifles, good luck. Yeah, it, uh, there's, it's actually funny because my class, like, if you kill someone up close, you gain health back. So yep. there are these animals that like jump up to you and explode and kill themselves. But when they explode mm-hmm. and kill themselves, they hurt me. But I also get more health back when they back. deal okay. me. <laughs> so like I was fighting like that, the, this the big boss in the volcano and he had all these like minions that they were sending out at me. And I literally didn't have to focus on them because I just shoot the big guy and then heal me as they would like come and try to like explode me. So that was kind of fun. Um, it's actually kind of funny. The, that game gets so much better once you start to... Uh, get better weapons that have like effects on them, whether it's you get an extra use of your ability um, or uh, I have a shotgun that basically freezes them if you hit him twice in a row, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it just it's it's more than just simply a shooter. Um, Once you start to get these cool unlocks, it becomes a little bit more strategy. And they're so good about allowing you to just in the middle of a fight or between fights, just uh, change out your loadout. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm digging the game. I like it a lot. And I know people don't like the story, but let me tell you, the story is a selling point for me. Really? 
Yeah. In in what way? Like like because I thought I just, it was funny. I thought it was like watching like a bad like sci-fi movie because everyone takes it very serious, but it's kind of stupid. Yeah, I mean, like I, I like the the world that they created. I like this idea that you have this like storm in there that's creating people to be, that that creates these like exceptional people that people look at like as gods. I like the idea that there is uh uh the the fact that these outriders, not the outriders, what's the name of the of the people who are create the powers? Uh, 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 the top enhanced. 1%. The enhanced, yeah. Is um, that, but like, yeah. how how the enhanced are like uh, not worried about like the regular human problems because there's some other bigger thing going on, and like yeah. finding out where the signal is coming from and what the purpose of all that stuff is. It's just like an interesting sci-fi story, um, but it's not written well and it's very cheesy. So like, I get it. Like, I'm not stupid and blind to that. I just think it's a very interesting like just story in general. I think I think that's what it is, right? The premise is cool. The writing is bad, but yeah. if you have a, if you have a cool premise, then like you can put up with the bad writing if it's fine. Did, are you playing as the uh, as a like a man or a woman? Because I played as a woman, uh, and her, the voice acting left something to be desired. I tried both. Uh, I stuck with the man. Um, yeah, just I, I, I felt I felt his his like broy sarcasm worked a little bit better. <laughs> like it just yeah, okay. it just wasn't like a dissonance between the two. Just like when I was playing Valhalla, I I tried with both the girl and then um the boy character and I just felt like uh the girl needed a throat lozenge whenever she was sure. talking and I just I, I was like maybe it's more authentic to what you would be like in 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 this time, but I just I don't like it. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Uh so I assume you're just sticking with that, just checking through that every few off every so yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Valhalla. I'll I'll put it on for maybe a half hour. Like if there's something like you know, uh, oh, I'm listening. To, I have a little bit more of my audiobook I want to finish or something like that. Then I'll like yeah, throw yeah, that yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, like that. That has become the podcast game. Even though I've stopped like going the forward with the story because I want to clear everything out. But um, so I did Outriders a little bit, and then I beat Resident Evil Seven, not Eight. Justin, Village Seven. You texted me. You texted me being like, I. You texted me saying, I think I want to play Resident Evil Eight. And based on our prior conversations, I was like, Why? Like this doesn't. Uh, so so tell me. I was first of all, I was surprised that you beat Resident Evil Seven, and then I was surprised that you were like, I want to play Eight. So what what about Seven did you like? In the end, uh, the the part the the part that was really like bad for me was at the beginning of the game when it was so exploratory. But also, like, there was this need to actually, like, fight people. Like, you had, like, the bakers following you, and you had to, like, either shoot them to get them off of you or, like, attack them. And at the very beginning of the game, you're so limited on your resources, which I get that's part of the humor that, not humor, part of the genre, that I found myself just constantly emptying my inventory and, like, moving things around. Um, But near the end of the game, you get, like, once you get the backpack and you start getting more weapons and stuff, it becomes a lot less, like, I don't have bullets. It's kind of like, what what weapons am I going to be attacking these creatures with? Mm. And what's the best way Mm -hmm. to do that? Um, And once you get rid of, away from the Baker house, and the second, the last third of the game, I guess, you're kind of away from the Baker house, it becomes more like, like, arenas that you have to explore and use the resources in. Like there's one, I don't know if this is a spoiler, but you're in a boat and it's completely like separated from the rest of the story. So you start off with no weapons, you gather everything. So you have all the right amount of weapons to deal with the stuff that you have to face in there. 
Um, so I didn't feel like I was res- like, oh my god, I only have two bullets. I I have to like kill this enemy with these two bullets. It's like, oh, I either avoid them or look for more ammo. Like it just worked better for me in the second half. Sure. Plus, I really like the the stuff that had to do with the brother when you're in the the escape room kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah. Um, and like how you come back to the escape room the second mm-hmm. time and like you're su- not supposed to do it again because you're supposed to like already know how it ends by like watching the, the, the video and stuff. Um, I didn't get that the first time, by the way. So I did the exact same thing already? again. And I just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, I thought that was like some like clever stuff and I legitimately was kind of interested with like the overall story and there, there's a point like, I don't, I don't really want to spoil it, but like you have your, your typical out of body, like hallucination when you're talking to a character that's been terrorizing you the whole game, but you're talking to that character as like a normal person. Best scene in the entire game. Very well acted. Very, very good. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought like, it was just like, I liked it. It was, it, it came together better than it started. And I think it, I was interested to play Resident Evil Village now because I feel like this game is more, it, it, and correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like that game is going to be more like the ending of Resident Evil 7. Yes, I mean, the time between you, the start of the game, and you having a shotgun and a pistol and a uh, sniper rifle is pretty quick, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah. so, yeah. I would say I would say that it is... Uh, the first like 30 minutes are like the beginning of Resident Evil 7 and then as soon as you get past like the in, like the initial incident like oh no we're good <laughs> you know like it, it turns into a lot more of that yeah uh and i so this is a, a fun side of uh thing too like another reason why i might not want to play resident evil village is because i re-upped my library card which i haven't had re-upped in a long time i work Ooh. at a high school so i have access to most books i want without the public library by the way so just yeah. full disclosure there but i they had resident evil 8 at our library <laughs> and i was like mm. oh i can just rent this and play it okay sure so i probably will do that in the next couple days give it a shot uh, see if i like it so I have a question. Uh, full spoilers for Resident Evil 7. If you're uninterested, go ahead and skip ahead a few minutes here. Um, what did you what, what did you choose at the end there? Mia or uh, Zoe? Uh, like, I, I why who would choose Zoe? <laughs> and that's the thing. It gives you the choice. And I assume it's for people who were like doing it as a prank. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense why you would do that. Um, but, uh, I, I kind of like was looking up uh, afterwards, like what the other ending was. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I chose the right one based on that. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole like other section, but uh, also that is choosing Mia is the canonical choice. And then uh, that carries over into what happens in Resident Evil eight. Um, but spoilers over. I'm glad that you liked it. And based on that, I think you might like eight and it's silly too. Like there's a lot of, I mean, it's not silly. Like it, it goes between horror and comedy a little bit mm-hmm. in a way that's very, do you ever see like evil dead too? No. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's fun. It's a good game. Uh, I've been, I've been playing resident evil eight as well. I am. I think so. Elaine and I are playing it sort of sporadically, uh, but I think one more sitting and then we're going to be, done with it but it's a good game i'm liking it so are you playing anything else 
Uh, I uh, beat Mass Effect 1 from the Legendary oh. Edition. How was that? I have my 19th Platinum. You platinumed it? I platinum Mass Effect 1. How long did that take you? Uh, in, let, I, to be honest, like this is my problem with the Mass Effect games. Um, I could have probably finished it in like 18 hours with the Platinum, but I kept going from there just to like do all this stuff and like finish all the yeah. side quests and everything. Um, but I think my final playtime was like 20 hours. Oh, that's not bad at all. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, the the Platinum itself, uh, for, for those of you who haven't looked at the, the, the trophy lists, there are basically three, four trophy lists for the Mass Effect Legendary Collection. There, yeah. You can get a Platinum for Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, and then they have just the Legendary Edition ones, which are all, like, the bogus trophies no one wants to get, like, play through each, all three of the games on insane difficulty, which I can't imagine yeah. me ever doing. Um, and I kind of like that because it, like... I, I honestly think a good platinum is a platinum that makes you play a game um, outside of what you normally would in your comfort zone. And I mm-hmm. think specifically for a game like Mass Effect, uh, one of the, the one of the the simple things that they had you do was complete five missions or side missions with every character. Yeah. So that kind of forces you to play with everyone. And the trophy itself was a lot easier to get than the old ones were. I think the old ones you had to basically do a whole playthrough with your characters. So it will allow you to sample all of them. And then the hardest ones to get were actually like using some of your abilities 25 times, which sounds like it wouldn't be that hard to do. But like the AI hacking one, I had to use um, uh, Talia like a million times. Like she was like in my crew the whole time just because like I needed to like find the right geth and like actually have them land and and whatever. But I just think it was a good a good trophy list to kind of get me through Mass Effect and and make all the decisions. Like basically it was like play with your characters, do most of the side missions. And even though it was just kind of vague what they meant by most um, and then beat the game. And uh, I did that and it was fun. And I am excited to start Mass Effect 2. Dang. So I started Mass Effect 2 this week. Uh, for Hey, hey. That game starts, and immediately it's like, oh, shit, we're playing a real video game now, huh? That was like, <laughs> nice, nice, nice warm-up Mass Effect. I had a lot of fun with that, but oh, this is a real game. Uh, I, mean, I mean, it's just not that Mass Effect 1 is bad. I enjoyed it. But um, Mass Effect 2 is a really fucking good game. <laughs> um Here's the problem, though. So I played Mass Effect 1 as a soldier class, which means that you just more your abilities are more gun-focused and, and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to play as a Vanguard because I had heard a lot of people saying that that's a good choice on Twitter. And then uh, you can't use assault rifles. You can only use pistols and shotguns. And Oh, oh okay. They went back to that. Yep. And so I was like, okay, maybe that'll change. So I played it for like five hours and then I looked up online because I was like, oh, interesting. I still don't have a rifle yet. <laughs> and I looked it up online and everyone's like, oh, yeah, you don't. You'll never. You can't. So See, that is so interesting to me because that was one of the big changes that they made uh, in the Legendary Edition for Mass Effect, right? Like that yeah. was something that they decided to change. And I think it, it worries me that that whenever you look at like what the changes were in mass effect one, two and three, you had like pages of what they changed for mass effect one and very little changed in two and three. Yeah. That seems like an easy thing to fix. Like, I don't know why they didn't <laughs> fix it. Uh, I think it's because mass, just by the nature of the games, mass effect two has a lot less like 
RPG elements. So, for example, in Mass Effect 1, you put skill points into, like, charm and intimidate and other things like that. More of those, like, RPG elements, whereas in Mass Effect 2, it's just that's just not it setting it's it's all based on your paragon or renegade which i guess makes sense but um i think by doing that it just really makes it more into like choosing which class you want to do but at the end uh, at the same time like i want to use cyber powers but i also want to have a a gun i like (laughs) so i played like five hours and uh it was like 10 30 one night i was like i could probably just steamroll through this in an hour and a half so got right back to where I was just skipping through all the dialogue, being very careful about what I said, because I was trying to remember, like, because I'm, I'm going for a Paragon run because um, I like to be a You're hero. a nice human. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, yeah, but um, it was not super fun having to just go through all of that again. But I mean, I like the combat enough, so that's basically just what it was. So, yeah, I, that's the one good thing about that game is that if you know what you're doing, you can like skip through everything but yeah there's so much good story in that like i just love the world i love the situations they put you in uh mass effect is such a great game um and uh i think uh i i'm really excited to go play mass effect one to two to three like back to back to back and i did that initially Mm -hmm. but just to like have them all there i think it's just so so good to see how games change um yeah but also like to really tell that whole story is awesome i love it yeah anything else um, so I also started a new game called Stonefly. Have you heard of okay. this game? I saw people talking about it on Twitter, but I know nothing about it. <laughs> so, yeah, it, this is like, uh, this is where I missed the days when IGN reviewed everything. And by like, miss the days, I totally understand why they don't. I'm not asking them to do that. Right. Uh, but like, there wasn't a lot out about this game from like the bigger publisher so it's it's a smaller um uh indie game i guess you would call it uh from a developer called flight school studio and basically you play uh a i guess i don't even (laughs) it's like a group of people animals bugs things uh that are basically living on trees and plants and they go around and they get resources by getting in these big mechs that look like bugs. And basically the game is a resource gathering game in which you are going around gathering different resources to upgrade your bug mech in order to be stronger, um, in order to jump higher, fly farther. And in that respect, it's kind of a little bit like a Metroidvania um, because you are expanding your mech and you can jump higher to get to places you couldn't get before and things like that you can like fly further but it's like a top-down um kind of third per top-down third person right a top-down third person game it's kind of a cute story about how you are like really close to your dad and then one day you try to help your dad out by taking his mech out um and gather some uh, resources and then basically his mech gets stolen your dad basically like disowns you, which was kind of oh my like gosh. a yeah, it was like a quick turnaround. But then you basically are going out to find out who stole your dad's mech and trying to get it back. All while you're basically given this garbage mech that you have to build up to be a really kind of like powerful thing again. So you start with nothing and then eventually it gets better and better and better. For a game being about exploring, there's a lot of like confusion as to if I can jump on this or if I'm gonna fall through this item because it's just decoration. <laughs> 
And yeah, okay, I okay. think that that kind of prevents me from wanting to go around and like jump around more just because I'm like, well, is that actually something that's going to help me or is it just like fake? Um, right. But the game itself is beautiful. It has this cool like cell shaded art style that really does look like a like a storybook when you're playing it. But overall, I think it's a fun game, and I started playing it because uh, I just beat Pokemon Snap, um, yeah. and I needed another kind of like chill out before I go to bed game. And this is definitely that. Like it's just like peaceful music, very kind of chill, gathering materials, getting a little bit stronger. So I like it. It's fun. Uh, I, I I think out of all the other little games I played recently, this is one I'd probably recommend in a more broad appeal. Um, sure. But it's not like an action game, so don't go in yeah, there yeah, thinking yeah. it is. You said that's on the Switch for you? Yeah, it's on the Switch, but I think it's all, it's on most everything. Uh, PC, okay. Series X, uh, PS5, PS4, PS3, PS2, PS1. I don't yeah, know the, PS1, uh, but. yeah, the PS1 version of it's pretty sweet, man. You got to... <laughs> Uh, but it's actually it's better even on uh, the controller without the the sticks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you just like, it's voice command. It's like that one game that you uh, control the character by screaming into your microphone. And depending on how hey, loud you, you scream, what? Hey, you Pikachu. Uh, well, I, I, I hey, you the, Pikachu that didn't one, have that microphone. Sure. But there was one. It was kind of like Flappy Bird, but you controlled it by screaming. It was like a platformer. Oh, that's and, like, fun. The longer you scream, the higher the thing would stay up. So you had to be like, oh, oh, oh. I'm sure that was fun. <laughs> I'm sure that's uh, fun for neighbors and... and <laughs> Dogs. <laughs> yeah, playing that in the library. Good luck. <laughs> Justin, did you hear about all this stuff with God of War? Did oh, you hear about this? God of War? I did hear yeah. about God of War. So Sony, uh, Santa Monica Studios comes out and says... All right, God of War is being de- has been delayed into 2022, and collectively everyone went, "Well, yeah." <laughs> like we had not heard anything about this game. We don't even know it's the damn title. We everyone's been calling it God of War Ragnarok, and that like no one ever from Sony ever said that. They I think it only ever said like Ragnarok is coming, and then like gave the God of War logo. So I think people just sort of went there with it. Um, but they I don't know if this was in the same press release or not, but they came out and said that, Hey, that's not the actual sequel title. Um, but in addition to it being delayed, they said that it is also coming to the PlayStation four alongside horizon forbidden West and grand Turismo seven. And people seem to be really upset about that. And I am curious about where you sort of fall on that issue. Do you think it's a pro- uh, issue? Do you think that it's an issue that these games are going to be coming out cross-generational um uh, i want to just blanketly say no but you look at a game like cyberpunk and i think if people are going to be like upset or worried about this maybe they're looking at the cyberpunk side of things because i think cyberpunk definitely had to uh make some kind of sacrifices in order to come out on the ps4 and the xbox some sacrifices (laughs) some the whole game i think yeah right yes um so I can understand why people might be skeptical uh, because of that. Like they would feel like the like Sony would be catering more towards the old generation rather than the new one. I get yeah. that from that perspective, but I think that is such the uh, that's the exception to what what has been happening with this cross generation stuff. And most of the games that are coming out now the benefit of having them on both systems is not that your graphics or whatever are significantly better on the other one. It's that they run better. 
Um, it's that they uh, have a better frame rate. It's like, like I think like that's the stuff. Like, look at how good Spider Man was, Miles uh, Morales, or I guess even Miles Morales. How like they have all those performance modes and different things that you can play around with it, so you can play it on both generations. And I thought it looked great. Yeah. So uh, I know what you mean. To me, I'm kind of like I don't. People are upset. Let me clarify. The people are upset because they think that it should be specifically made for the PlayStation 5. And on one hand, I get it. You look at a game like Returnal, and while that game could work with an alternate control scheme on the PS4, I'm sure, like, it, there is something cool, and I'm sure, I think we talked about this last week or the week before, about playing a tailored experience, where it's like, this is the way that... This is this is play being played in a way that is exactly how it was meant to be played, particularly talking about like performance and uh, I don't know, whatever else. But I don't do we do we think that these games are going to be like doing anything like groundbreaking with the, con- the that controller or with that hardware? I mean, other than just loading better and looking better. I mean, I'm sure the dual sense, like the triggers will be used for something and I'm sure the 3D audio will be a thing, but like, I don't think it's necessarily going to make that much of a difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I'm pretty sure that, you know, for those features like dual sense features, they're still going to be doing stuff that's exclusive to the PS five with that. Like you can't, you can't have the same kind of stuff. Now, one thing that might change slightly is even like going back to returnal, how the adaptive triggers obviously like change. Like you, you had a light press was one thing, a deep press was something else. You're not going to have that ability to do stuff, um, on the PS four version. So maybe they won't design mechanics around that in, uh, the game. And I guess that stinks, but like also, you got to think about the like the fact that if you really want to get a PS5 right now, it's not easy to. <laughs> it's it's still very difficult. <laughs> like like it's yeah. doable. It's doable, but it's not easy. So you're gonna have people that no matter what they do, they're gonna want to play this game and they're gonna want to be a part of this conversation, but they can't at this point. And I know that's kind of sad considering it. By the time God of War will come out, it's like a year and a half after that. Um, but the idea is to get this game in more people's hands. Yeah. And I'm not saying that because Sony's going to make more money. I'm going to say that as someone who loved God of War uh, 2018. And the more people right. who play that game and the more people can experience it, the better. So I think that the slight things that we might lose out on for it not being developed solely for a PS5 are definitely nothing that's going to prevent me from enjoying the game. And I hope for other people for enjoying the game. Yeah. I mean, uh, you t- you brought up cyberpunk and I think that's a very valid fear for people. I mean, that game was just such a disaster, right? I, I mean, on <laughs> <Yeah>. many, <laughs> on many levels, but speaking specifically about looking at how it ran on the Xbox one and PS4, like base models. And I guess I don't think that first-party Sony games would... I mean, maybe they might, but you have to imagine that if that happened, that would be a real... Like, it was a really big deal with CD Projekt Red. It would be a really fucking big deal if a first-party Sony-exclusive game came out in the state that Cyberpunk was in. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Like, that would be really really bad (laughs) in in a way that like yeah it was bad with cd project red but they did not have 
they weren't licensed by Sony. <laughs> they weren't a first party studio. So, yeah, I, I just don't think that. I don't know. I think having more people play a game is fine, and I think it's good. And yeah, and even like going off of that, the one thing I can say about Sony is that they have great first party games. Right. If they lose that one thing <laughs> that they have up on uh, as of now, because we haven't seen what they had at E3 on Microsoft, they're just gonna that that would be the worst thing they could possibly do is is put something out there that's gonna hurt their brand. They won't yeah. do that. I trust they won't. Um, no, Sony first parties have never done anything for like that. I would believe they, they would just push something out when it's not ready. I'm trying to think like, yeah, I mean, in my memory, they're mostly like just super solid games. Yeah. Right. Um, (laughs) Speaking of, so they also said that horizon is on track to release this year. Do you think that's going to happen? I, I, I'm going to be disappointed if it, does not release this year but i'm not going to be angry at sony no i mean it's a (laughs) it's it's a weird world right now like right (laughs) take your time and i'd rather rather, wait yeah yeah and i think um and this this is even more so than just like um you know a, a delayed game is delayed or what's that phrase um a bad game is bad forever. A delayed game is but a delayed game is yeah, something like that. Yeah, whatever. We're, we're butchering that phrase. And yes, I think yes. it's even more than that. Like I think there, there are so many games in the world that uh, I look at the calendar and even looking at things that could come out. There's so many games to play, and I'm always complaining about my backlog. If I have more time before I play Horizon, I guess I have more time before I play it. You know, like I'm not going to be upset. I just got to be realistic here. Yeah. No. One hundred percent. So. Yeah, I think that's Justin. When I read news headlines and I read the articles and whatever, I'm usually like, I'm curious what you think about this. But then it's usually just like, oh yeah, the exact same thing I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe maybe the show would be better if we were arguing all the time. But um, I appreciate that we agree on on so much here. Uh, and not I, to toot our own horns here, but like, I just think yeah. we come from a realistic perspective. I don't think like we're, it's like a controversial thing. We're just kind of like we want a good game. Like that, I don't care. How, <laughs> like. I think, you know, like there there are things that we can defend and argue about about like Sony and how they're doing stuff and what would be a good choice or not. But like in general, with like this, like I I don't know why this should be something that makes people mad. Right. Uh, speaking of disagreeing, though, did you see this about the medium. It's awesome. No, weirdly enough, none of the headlines <laughs> said that. Justin, remember when it came out? Um, <laughs> No, it is uh, apparently the medium got a pro. It has an ESRB rating for the PS5, which means that it's probably going to come out soon on the PlayStation 5, which I have a similar fee. I mean, uh, feelings of the medium aside, I feel the exact same way about exclusive games coming to uh, other consoles eventually. Like, yeah, do it. It's good. I mean, at this point, all the people who played it, um, Xbox played it first, and then now those PS5 owners can give it a try or not because it's just a fine video game. <laughs> do we, yeah, do, do you know what I mean? All jokes aside, with this, uh, I think my my review is that of the game is that it you should play it if you have Game Pass. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't right, say right, like yes. go out and like spend full price for it. Um, I think it's interesting. Like I I think the idea of like 
what 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 does an exclusive mean anymore? I think it's so complicated. Um, yeah. And I, I am a, a week and a half into my privileged position of not having to worry about exclusives anymore because I have all current yeah. gen systems and stuff. So I understand that that's a place of privilege here and that if I didn't have it, it might be upsetting if they're if the medium would like be stuck on one of the two systems. Um, but I don't I, the more people who play the game is the again it's going good. back to it's this good. thing. Yes. <laughs> the more, more people, people play, play a game is, is not a bad thing. If you like right. the medium get more people to play that because guess what we're not going to get a medium two if we just keep the review and and the the like place where it is right now because i don't know if it was popular enough to warrant a sequel yeah well what's interesting too like i think i think i'm curious at what you think about this as well for me this is the way to do exclusives where it's exclusive for like six to seven months, and then eventually it comes over to the to another system. I think that's cool because that way it can be exclusive while for a while, and then you open the gates to let other people play it. Because at that point, there, you still have a reason to pick up a PS5 or a Series X if you can get your hands on one. But like at the end of the day, if you can't get the opposite one or whatever, you'll be able to play those games eventually. I understand it doesn't work like that all the time, especially particularly with first party games. But I mean, Days Gone is on PC. Horizon is on PC. Uh, are th- they're bringing other stuff over too, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like Days Gone is, by the way, doing extremely well with Steam numbers. Yeah. I don't have them in front of me, but it's been like in the top three uh, since it came out, uh, which is sh- awesome for for that game for for yeah. uh, a, a a game that many people do like, even though it didn't get the war- warmest of reception to. So I, I, how can you look at Sony and say they made a mistake? One hundred percent. So I do want to slightly disagree um, about the time exclusive thing because yeah. I feel, I and I don't know what is the right angle with it should you tell them it's going to be a timed exclusive Mm. and should you tell them the date of it because like i i I would respect it so much more as a consumer to be like it's going to be exclusive for a year yeah it's coming out june uh june 6th uh for the playstation 5 uh june 6 2022 for the xbox and i think that makes it a lot more like as a consumer, I know, well, if I want to get it now, if I want to get it immediately, then I should play it or I can wait. But like, sometimes I feel like these, uh, exclusive deals are so shrouded in mystery and uncertainty that if I'm really going to be waiting to play something, like, I think that that's not kind of good press and publicity. I feel like that is where it becomes a little bit like, uh, they're, use it they're they're deceiving me as a consumer by not telling me when it's going to come out and they're making it seem like this is the only place you can get it when in fact if i just wait a little bit i can get it on the system i'd prefer it i i know exactly what you mean and i agree with you because i think the more information the people buying games have i think that's better because you want to have your customers making the most informed choice they can i just think that in general that's good for your company um even if it tells Xbox owners like, well, or PlayStation owners or however it works, like, well, I'm going to have to wait a year, but do I really need to rush out and buy that new console for, I mean, 
you know, or should I just wait? So I think that's, I think that is the way to go about it. And I think being very open about those dates is in my opinion, important, but I don't think we're sort of there yet. Are we, would you say, I know, I mean, I know some things like some things are known as being timed exclusives for X amount of months, but they're like, definitely not like April 7th, PS five, October 15th, Xbox, like definitely not like that. Right. Even like, of my prediction about Final Fantasy 7 is not going to be mentioned for being on the Xbox and we're not going to be getting um a time. That was my prediction for E3. Yeah. I think that's a problem. Like <laughs> like it, it they keep saying how it's not a console exclusive and how yeah. it is going to be cross-platform, but they're just kind of stringing these people along. And, and like, like for what? Yeah, right. It it's just it, that that's kind of for me, but whatever, still a great game. Yeah. I, I completely under understand. So E3 is happening next week, and we are going to be doing some coverage of that, obviously. But this week has been sort of weird because I, I don't know about you. I was sort of waiting because it seemed like ever it seemed like everyone sort of said there was going to be a lot of things to talk about about the Super Switch or Switch Pro or whatever you want to call it. There's been no news on that. Still waiting for so, that press conference. Still waiting. <laughs> I'm excited for it. I'm ready. But uh, did you see when they when they announced the date and time for their conference? They say they're talking exclusively about heart uh, software. Why would they say like th- that is such, very specific that, that's such a, a, a loud statement? Like, are they saying that they're going to have it done before then? Are they going to do it afterwards? They're basically saying, like, stop asking us. <laughs> this is what yes. we're talking about. Yes. Uh, which I guess. I mean, makes sense, but I, I gotta uh, tell you, that is the. I still think that's the wrong way to go. It's like you either tell us a system is coming out before, or make it part of the conference. Like if you're just gonna be like stringing us along, like yeah. after that, I think that just ruins excitement. But I'm not a marketing person. I only took one class about it at com school, so yeah. We're going to see, but uh, the <laughs> E3 schedule is up, and so we're gonna be talking about all of that sort of stuff next week. Uh, oh no, we're not because. We got another week yet. We'll figure it out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, not. Uh, I mean, technically, E three because this comes out on Thursday. E three starts on Saturday, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We got this. We're talk about. It. You know what? E three. It's like a holiday. It's the holiday season. The E three season that's literally going to be lasting throughout the summer this year. So. Yeah. Yeah. So stay tuned for that in the in the weeks to come, but. We, we know who's talking about, we, we know who has conferences and, and whatnot. So we have, we can sort of guess as to what they're going to be talking about, but obviously nothing is confirmed right now. But looking ahead to the rest of this year and looking back now that it's June, you know, we're six months into the year. Justin, I'm curious how you feel about 2021, six months in, in terms of video games. Would you say that this, I, I guess I want to know your general feelings. Do you think this is a strong year? Do you think it's an okay year? How are you feeling about it so far? I think personally, it's just an okay year. And okay. I think uh, I think my position on this is maybe not a fair one because I feel I feel like the years that uh, are talked about as being like some of the best game years in gaming of all time, you have like four or five games that come out in those years being like amazing best games of all time kind of thing. Like they're, they're really right. strong contenders. Uh, I'm looking at the games I played this year and like I have to like tr- 
try to justify why it's my game of the year okay. at this point for what I played. And like the, more things will come out or more things will get delayed, obviously. But mm-hmm. I, I there's good games I played this year, but nothing that I'm looking at and being like, I'm going to remember 2021 for this game forever. Sure. It's interesting. We were sort of talking about this before we started recording. And uh, let, let me... Before I say what I'm going to say, I have a question for you. Do you think that so far 2021 is a better year for games than 2020? Uh, no. Mm, interesting. Because I would say yes. Uh, while there were a lot of games I liked in 2020, I would say that there are there were a handful that I loved and then the rest were fine. Whereas this year, there are most of them that I've played are pretty great. Nothing has I don't think I've really played like a 10 out of 10 game yet in the same way that I definitely did last year. But like a lot of, I'm looking at a lot of eights here. We have our lists of, of 2020 releases that we've played and, and I see a lot of eights for sure. So because of that, I think that it makes it a little bit more of a stronger year. Like I, I think I'm, I could already see, I could probably make a top 10 list out of this and struggle what to put on it. But Last year, like when I made a top 10 list, eight, nine, and 10, I was like, I don't know, this, you know, <laughs> a man eater, I guess. It's a good game, but like <laughs> top 10, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, let me go through, like, I just want to think about yeah, by the end ahead. of the year what games will be on my top 10. Um, uh, Balin Wonderworld, number one. I'm just kidding. Okay. I, I just played the demo Justin, of that, and that was. You're doing a joke. You're doing a joke. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So games that I think have the ability to be on my top 10. Emily was away three. Yep. Mass Effect Legendary Edition, though, I'd feel dirty about that. Yeah, because I feel like it's a remaster, so I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, go um, on. Near Replicant. Yep. It takes two. Yep. My my uh, my list is over. <laughs> oh oh, and there's some like, good games on there like that that I missed. Don't get me wrong, but like I'm just like thinking about like for the games that I've played, like which are the ones that are like exceptional that are deserving to be on a top ten. And yeah. I think I could have put any of those games on my top 10 list from last year. It wouldn't have been in the top five, but I could have put them on You're there. Right. I would have gotten it. Um, I think the one game I, I, I left out that might get a spot on there would be a uh, returnal and maybe outriders too. those two might, might kind of go uh, squeak in. They won't be in my yeah. top five though. And if they are, okay. it's been a bad year for video games. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure, sure. Interesting. Because for me, I would probably say uh, Little Nightmares 2, Persona 5 Strikers, Maquette, Emily's Way 3, uh, Returnal, It Takes Two, Resident Evil Village, and Bowser's Fury. Um, I mean, that's... How many is that? Uh, five or six? Like, that's already a pretty solid standing point. And I think... Like, I think Returnal is probably in my top five for this year. Um, Little Nightmares 2 might be in there, depending on what else comes out. But so far, just looking at the these games that have come out, I have walked away from more of them being like, that was pretty good, than walking away from them saying like, yeah, I don't know if I'll ever think about that again. You know, so like, I don't know. Outriders, I didn't really care for, but there were parts of it I liked. 
Um, like Destruction All Stars is like was like forgettable, <laughs> and uh, Hood Outlaws and Legends. I think I talked about that last week or the week before. Is just like not a fun game, but uh, most stuff has been pretty good as opposed to like like forgettable and not and bland. What would your game of the year be today? Based on this? Yeah. Uh, Returnal. I'd probably go Returnal, and then two would maybe be Maquette. Three would probably be uh, Bowser's Fury for Emily's Away, and then from there, blah, blah, blah. Little Nightmare Sue is in there, too. I would say my number one would be Near Replicant. Number two would be Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Um, and then number three would probably be It Takes Two. Oh, I forgot about It Takes Two. That's actually probably my one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that game is so good. Um, I do yeah, want to finish you, it before I have the final say on that. But like, I It Takes Two is, I think, like a special kind of game that when you're thinking about what video games do, um, this one samples so many different types of genres uh, it's focused on that that re- that not retired that old type of couch co-op game that I feel like are so rare nowadays, and yeah. it has a good emotional story to it with a daughter that it needs to be animated a little bit better because she looks scary. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think it was wise that they moved away from like trying to like really realistically portray a human being and just went like uh, made a, he's made out of clay. She's a, a wood doll. Like, it's smart. Um, yeah, but... Am I remembering correctly? Was there a moment when you, uh, like, the dad character who's the clay throws up clay? Like, he has a little, like, puke? I think that Yeah, happens. and it it makes it... It's like... Are you made out... Did you... <laughs> yeah, it makes me ask a lot of questions. In the same yeah. way, like, <laughs> that snowmen make me ask a lot of questions about, like, if they're cool with, like, the snow. Like, do they just live in, like, a flesh wasteland anyway oh do you know God. what i'm talking about do you know <laughs> or like, I, do i sound completely crazy no i just never thought of it that way they're just like they, they hate it like they're just surrounded by like what could be <laughs> either their children or like their right that's what i mean you know like what's going on yes yes uh makes me ask a lot of questions regarding the, the <laughs> fiction of snowmen and then uh that's when people usually tell me to just go back to bed or go peter go inside please <laughs> You're ruining this. Yeah, if you put a snowman inside, though, they will die. So, like, that's not good advice. Depends on how cold it is in the house, Justin. Come on, man. You're right. (laughs) I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Not everyone keeps their house at uh, 70 degrees. No, no. So, looking ahead at what is to come in terms of games this year. Now, I know that, like, a lot is still up in the air. You have games like Horizon, which don't even have release dates. Um, But... Going off of what we think is going to come out this year, do you think you could nail down probably what might be your game of the year? Yes, uh, and I and I think this will not be a, like an unpopular opinion, um, but also like I may be like eighty percent sure this game is coming out this year. <laughs> okay, and that would be Horizon. If Horizon comes out this year, I think that will um, be my game of the year. Um, and I think it would be, oh, I think, I think looking at the games that are coming out, I think it could be quite commonly people's game of the year. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, I have done very little research into this game other than like, I've watched some trailers, uh, Scarlet Nexus, which I was just talking to you about. It's like an anime 
futuristic kind of Hunger Games looking ass game, <laughs> like uh, dystopia game. I think that looks pretty good. I have no idea if it's going to be any good. Again, I did not do a lot of research into it other than like I've watched the trailers and been like, whoa, that looks cool. Uh, so that could be it for me. Also, uh, I know you are not super hot on it, but uh, Deathloop to me looks great. Yeah, I think yeah. Deathloop. So I was like putting together like a list of like my opinions aside. What will people say a game of the year could be? That was yeah. one of them I put there. I might like it. Who knows? Yeah, the preview coverage that came out a while ago made it seem pretty interesting to me. I could like mm-hmm. it. Seems a little bit like that Hitman Three kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, I just don't know if that would be a game I would lock in and be like, yeah, I'm gonna love this. I think it depends on for me. Like, I'm sure the gameplay will be good. Like, I like uh, who's that Arcane. Mm-hmm. I think they make great games. I'm sure it's gonna be up to the standards that they have sort of set previously. I think what's gonna win me over as to making it a standout game is probably going to be the, uh, like the characters and story, mm-hmm. you know? Cause I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I hope, I hope it gets goofy. Cause I, I know like time loops are very hot right now. And I, I mean, even with like Returnal, Returnal took itself very seriously. And I, I don't think that death loop needs to be like hilarious, obviously, but I hope it has a level of like, you know, you wake up in the bed again at the beginning of the day, again, you're like, gosh, come on, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, like there's self-awareness to it. Yes, yes. So uh, that that one looks good. I think Back for Blood, that's like the Left for Dead kind of kind of game. That looks really good. I think that could be, depending on how it goes, could be up there as well. Uh, yeah, I think Back for Blood, to me, that seems like a game... Um, and again, I'm, I'm speaking kind of in generalities here. I would, yeah. I would be shocked... And I'm not going to be mad. I would be shocked if that was like a common game of the year for people. But I definitely see that being like an on your top 10 list kind of game. Right. Well, and I think that's the thing. I'm I'm going to be curious how much of an identity that game in particular has apart from mm-hmm. Left 4 Dead. Because I think it's easy for me as someone who loves Left 4 Dead to say like, oh, well, if it just makes me feel like I'm playing Le- like new Left 4 Dead, then I'm going to like it. But is that because I like back for blood or is that because i like left for dead you know what i mean yeah yeah so i'll be curious how it sort of distinguishes itself uh what about like 12 minutes that's supposed to come out this year yeah 12 minutes is allegedly supposed to come out uh kind of interested for that one um and like that that is another like time loop game which i guess is the theme of this year (laughs) yeah uh I mean, do we think Zelda is going to come out? <laughs> is that going to be this it, year? It, like, I, I just kind of stayed away from Nintendo stuff. Like, if Breath of the Wild 2 comes out, like, it could be the same game as Breath of the Wild 1 with just new settings and slightly different mechanics. That would probably sure. easily be my game of the year, right? Like, okay. you don't have to yeah. really reinvent the wheel to do that. Um, I, I hope it comes out. I just, it's just so, like, I'm so in the dark with a lot of this stuff. Um, yeah. about like is it actually coming out i think some of the better news for horizon is the fact that they're delaying god of war um oh yeah and that makes me more I, confident that it will come out but even then i don't know i just think that um horizon out of all those games like not only do i i feel comfortable in putting money on the fact that that will come out and that will be my game of the year more so than other games this year sure I would feel so bad for Horizon 
if it has to go up against Breath of the Wild again, though. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, you, you think about 2017 and like, yes, Horizon was a very good open world game. And probably if it didn't come out in the year <laughs> Breath of the Wild came out, it probably would have really had its moment to shine. But unfortunately, it sort of got overshadowed by by that. What about um, Ghostwire Tokyo? Do you have any interest That's in coming that? out this year? It's supposed to. <laughs> and like I, I put that one in like the category of like I'm excited to see more about that game, and I hope we hear about it at E3. Yeah. Um, but I just am not gonna like put my my hopes and dreams on that coming out. Sure. Uh, what about I mean Halo Infinite? I think I think Halo Infinite has the possibility to be in the top five. Or it has the possibility to be on the bottom five next to the medium. And <laughs> for me, uh, that's probably the medium probably isn't on the bottom five. And like, like it, you're, you're putting it but, in that category, like you're, you're saying like it could either be one of the best games of the year or it could be worse than the medium. Correct. Correct. Um, uh, I'm looking at this list here. I'm looking at it's a Game Informer article that's just like a whole compilation. and. Out. Yeah, the list for, like, what is this, to be announced is <laughs> insane. <laughs> there are so <laughs> many games out here that have no release date. Uh, do you know anything about Second Extinction? Uh, does it come after the first Extinction? Yeah, it's like Left 4 Dead, but with dinosaurs. There's, like, a demo oh, okay, for okay. it. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, no, yeah, I actually am familiar with that. It feels like that's there's a, a demo- light gun game at, like, a, like a Brunswick zone. <laughs> Yes, uh, there's a demo for it on Game Pass, and it's not good. I was so oh. excited too. It just it like the shooting doesn't feel very good, and there's like an input delay. I don't know what that's about. Maybe I'm sure that'll be fixed, but uh, that's supposed to come out this year. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five. I'll probably dip into. Uh, do you, is that your thing? I feel like I need to play the other four. Do you? Maybe. I, I, maybe I don't know. I so yeah. like I. Uh, I love, you know me, I love these Japanese games. I know you. Yeah. But there's so many of them that we're now like getting the fifth, fourth, third released. And I get that FOMO. And I know, I I know not every game is like Final Fantasy that it doesn't matter. Like you can just watch, you you know, you jump into Final Fantasy. You don't need the other games. But like one of the games that came out this year, it's supposed to be pretty good, is the Trials of Cold Steel 4, I think. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm really interested in that game. However, it's going to be a trip to go back and try to play the other ones to like lead up to it. Oh, does um, it have like continuity? I, yeah, because I think two and three, like those two are like really linked to each other and both are on the Switch. But then one might come out for Switch later this year or I could play it on Steam. And like I, I wish every JRPG came out it's on, on the my Switch. Switch. You know, you know yeah. me. Like I just well, I wish that happened so much because I just don't like... I feel like with those games, and I know like I freaking got a platinum in uh, uh, near replicant, replicant, and then um, uh, Assassin's Creed. I'm working on the platinum for. I feel like those games like are just so much suited better to like be a second screen experience, like RPGs, <laughs> like when you're yeah. like playing through them and like grinding and like doing that kind of stuff, playing in bed before you go to bed. Well, I don't know about you, but like for me, picking the the appeal of the Switch is that you just pick it up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just suspends whatever game you're playing. That's great, because for those long RPGs, like, OK, well, I only have 30 minutes. So do I really want to 
sit down and waste five of my minutes loading in, turning my thing on, you know, whereas like in 10 seconds you're playing the game. Yeah. Uh, exactly where you left it off. So, uh, do you know, here's, I forgot about this game. I can't believe this, Justin. This is literally on my list of my most anticipated games of the year. Skatebird. Do you know about Skatebird? No, absolutely not. What's that about? Uh, it's a skateboarding game similar to Tony Hawk, but uh, it, you play as birds. <laughs> I'm not kidding. This game looks so fucking good. I mean, like, it just it's, looks silly in, in a, like an untitled goose game kind of way. But uh, I want to play Skatebird so bad. <laughs> there's the, uh, I almost there's like Skatebird merch that's like Thrasher T-shirts and stuff. And I almost bought one. I'm, I may. I still might. But um uh, I put a, a, a picture in our um, Discord that shows it's proof that Splinter Cell is coming out this year. Yep. So you got um, Sam King wearing the Sam Fisher goggles. Uh, I think this is confirming uh, it's it's a bird. Excuse me, wearing the Sam Fisher goggles um, from Skatebird. I am thinking this is confirming that this is potentially game of the year material. <laughs> This is kind of gives me like uh, like the goat simulator vibes a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Just like the goofiness of it and everything. Um, I hope you can like create your own tracks and stuff like that. Yeah. You know what else? I always is, think uh, that's a good idea in games, like creating your own tracks. But then when I get to it, I always like put like three ramps in there, and like I'm like I'm done. I it, it was my problem with like the idea of making games in dreams, where it's like I don't. I bought yeah. you. <laughs> make you make the game. You know, like I know and I know some people make crazy stuff in those like game makers or even like when Halo Forge. I don't know if that's still around. Like people made some crazy good levels and whatever. Uh, but I, I don't have the imagination. I, yeah, I don't make games. I'm not I'm not good at it. Uh, here's another one that House of the Dead remake is coming out on the switch. And I want to play that because I hope Justin, I hope you put that in docked mode and you have your joy cons and their light guns. That would be so I don't know cool. if that's I don't know if that's how they're going to do it, but that would be the like I would have so much fun with that. Like having that be a party game, you know, now that parties can sort of start to happen. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah, I mean, this this has a potential to be a good year. And I guess yeah. I'm spoiled because, you know, we don't have a Last of Us coming out this year. Um, yeah. But I E3 will be a very telling uh, a telling conference to find out if this is going to be a good year in video games for me. Because sure. as of now, it's fine. It's not bad. I don't want to be negative. Like, it's just I, I, specifically comparing it to, like, last year. I thought last year was a pretty damn good year for games. Yeah. And we got a new system last year, too. Which was awesome. We got two. Do you know what the um, number one scoring Metacritic game is that came out in 2021? In 2021? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not the, it's not the medium because that's at, what, like 71? <laughs> um, it's not, I'm going to say it's not Resident Evil because I think that got good reviews but more like eight. Um, is it near Replicant? You'll never get this. Uh, this is an unfair question. Uh, okay. It's called the House in Fata Morgana Dreams of the Revenants Morgana. edition. Yeah. Morgana? Is it's that a, it's a, it's is a, a gothic Persona suspense tale. Uh, no. <laughs> a gothic <laughs> suspense tale set in a cursed mansion. The House in Fata Morgana is a full-length visual novel spanning nearly Ooh. a millennium that deals in tragedy, human nature, and insanity. This version includes three games and more. <laughs> 
And that's the best ranked? Yeah, it's like on the Switch. It got like 100, like six critic reviews. It has like an 8.2 user average. But like, okay. to really answer that question, the highest scoring uh, Metacritic game that is a game that, let's just say more of a, it would make a sense wider, to be there. Yeah. Disco Elysium, the final cut. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah. I, that is uh, one which, uh, I've been meaning to get to, but I just haven't had the time. Yeah, I I am uh, I I've wanted to play it uh, for a while now. Um, that was yeah. one of the games I considered purchasing when I first got my computer. But then they're like, they're like coming out for it on the consoles and the Switch. And uh, right now it's out on PS4 5, but not on Switch yet. And let me tell you, no, that's gonna be a Switch game. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, because I, I believe because the Final Cut has like all the DLC. Or did they do DLC? It has extra yeah, it's stuff like DLC in it. voice acted. Um, yeah. all that stuff. Like, I feel like that's just going to be like the perfect thing to like, just throw on my switch, um, and play around with. So, uh, but yeah, other than that, like the, the games that are over 90 this year, or 90 or higher, um, it's the house of Fata Morgana disco okay. Elysium, the final cut, a game called yeah. curse of the dead gods, um, for the Xbox one that came out the February 23, not sure that one. Huh. And then Tony Hawk's pro skater one and two. Those uh, are the only four games that have been. Did, a did that come high. out in 2020? One, uh, for I the mean? PlayStation 5, it did apparently. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, oh yeah, the next gen update came out at yeah. some point. Uh that's it? Yeah. <laughs> it I'm takes two the next highest at eight eighty nine. Okay. Yeah, it's it's that's interesting though. Um Are you gonna play this uh near ios game uh i already did uh do the pre-download sign up register for it uh okay. and i get all i'm getting the free the extra credits or whatever um i'm very excited to see what that looks like what that's, what's that gonna be i don't, I don't know i mean it. i hope it goes full crazy near yeah it's just like really weird yeah, and like it, like it's just, it's really like something like a, it counts your steps and how many steps you take in the real world impacts your <laughs> character awesome. steps in the game. It, is that true? No, 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 no. Oh, I just oh, hope just it gets to be like oh, that kind it. of meta game. But I mean, even if it's just like a little bit of a phone like hack and slash thing, like dude, I got really into Genshin Impact last year slash a week ago. So like, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm pretty sure if it's semi okay, I will be, I'll be into this game. <laughs> that tracks uh additionally here's another one that i'm looking forward to no way it's going to be on the top 10 but i i like them uh dark pictures anthology house of ashes um again i played i reviewed dark picture little hope last year and then the year before that i played man and Medan. um and they're not like better than until dawn like it, i would say like at all like even close but i still think they're fun in terms of mm-hmm. just like like interactive movies, you know, and you know you could sit down and play that in two or three setting uh, sittings, and you'll have a good time with it. But not great games, but you know, fun. Yeah, uh, I I don't think the first one, one of them is free on Game Pass. I think right, Man of Medan. Yes, Man of Medan, and I, so I, I I would be interested in playing that one because I just like kind of like those kind of games. Um, yeah, I, I, I like. Thing, a, it's I not, like a good story. It's not very good, Man and Medan. Like I didn't love it, but well, if it's free on game. Well, well, if it's free on Game Pass, like play it. Like it, it's it's fun enough, and yeah. Um, and like I said, they're not 
excellent games. Like, they're not like a game I think everyone should play. Right. But like at the end of the day, it's still fun. And I don't know. I like I like doing the choices, you know, or the quick time events as well. But. All right. So we're still in this this bit of an unknown period now. You uh, are you're you're breezing through Mass Effect. You're on the second Mm -hmm. one. You're still working on Resident Evil Village. What are you going to fill your time with? Before uh, finish, E3. I'm going to finish Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, finally, right? <laughs> uh, and then there was something else that I was looking at, eyeing. Oh, Operation Tango. Do you know about this? Okay, yeah. I Actually, so I, I, I downloaded it. I was going to boot it up, and it's like, you need a friend. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I also I here's the thing I also downloaded it because I, I had actually I wrote about it because a few months ago uh, Sony did like it was like eight indie games that you have to play mm-hmm. that, uh, that are coming out later this year um, and Operation Tango was the one that I was like oh this looks pretty cool so uh, I mentioned before that Elena is going to be uh, using my PS4 uh, that might be something that we do together or I was going to potentially hit you up about it because like I don't in the description, it says that like you have to play with a headset and like you have to talk to the other person. And I don't want to do that with a rando. Like, oh, absolutely. I cannot <laughs> imagine that being fun. I mean, I'm sure it might be if you get someone who's like nice. And I imagine that the type of person who is going to play that game is going to be like, an, I don't know, someone who wants to. Do you know what I mean? Like, like my worry when I play like team games or anything is like if I'm going to talk to some rando like that, they're just doing this to like. Uh, I would always ask a random person I'm playing with. I'm like, do you know how to floss? And if they say yes, then I just hang up. I leave them. Sure. Yeah, I guess yeah, that's the one. I guess barometer. that's what I mean. Yeah. Yes. But um, that is something I am looking forward to and going to be potentially interested in doing. Uh, but other than that, I definitely have stuff that I'm supposed to be playing. And by that, I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I have games that I bought and I was like, I'll do this when I have free time. Um, but I don't, I mean, I play a lot of games for work. You know what I mean? Like Mass Effect, I technically don't have to do for work anymore, but like I want to finish it. And it's yeah. going to be a little oh, bit yeah, of a time you got investment. To. Yeah. I, I I have to say with Mass Effect 2, like I, I the reason I ask you because I'm like try, I'm at a crossroads with what I'm going to be playing on my PS5 right now. Like yeah. I I could play Mass Effect 2. I could do that if I wanted to. Um, mm-hmm. I also really want to play Judgment because I think another game that mm, could be yeah. a top game for this year is Lost Judgment. Um, yes. So I might, might want to do that. Uh, but with the Mass Effect, like that's a game I kind of want to get all the way through. However, Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3 are much longer experiences than Mass Effect 1. Yeah. I was, I was surprised how quickly... at how... Oh, you go ahead. I was actually surprised how quickly I got through Mass Effect 1. And I apparently, in talking to you, it sounds like I missed some side stuff, but uh, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because the side stuff is what's important in Mass Effect 2 and 3. So. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I was shocked at how small Mass Effect 1 was, even with doing all the side stuff. Mm-hmm. And not even small in terms of like the scope of the story, but even like the choices and like 
the conversations you had with people. I remember like thinking back about Mass Effect 1 and being like all these different things that you could do and how you could romance these characters and do all this different stuff. And I just kind of felt like it just all happened. <laughs> like I, I, it wasn't like very deep. I, I picked Liara up from the, the planet she was stuck on. We had three conversations and then we were like, we can't keep doing this. We have to focus on the mission. And I was like, keep doing this. We talked three times. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like it was, it was quick, but um, yeah, I, Mass Effect is going to be, I, I ha, I'm playing it on the Xbox because for a few reasons, one, because I kind of asso- associate it with the Xbox because that's where I played it initially. And I think it was an exclusive for a minute there. From not from Mass like Effect one, one was an exclusive at, for a time on Xbox, right? So I associate it with Xbox, but um, it's also because the PS five hard drive is so small that like if I'm gonna have a game that's gonna be on there for a long time, it's it's got to be something that I'm playing pretty frequently and consistently, uh, and not that I'm not gonna be doing that with Mass Effect, but it seems like Mass Effect's gonna be on there for like an actual really long time. So as as I truck through there, uh. Not to not to derail us, but one more game that uh, we got news about in the past week that I, I'm I'm curious how you feel about. Uh, did you, uh, you have any interest in Dying Light Two? I I kept waiting for Dying Light One to go on sale that I thought thought would be like an acceptable price, and guess what? It yeah. never never crossed my my like radar. Um, that doesn't mean I, I won't play this game or I couldn't play this game. It just there are so many other backlog games I want to play that aren't Dying Light, and I don't feel like it's going to be one of those situations where I go from playing Dying Light to wanting to play Dying Light 2. Uh, did you play Dead Island back in the day? Uh, yes. Uh, it was like, it's Dead Island, but with parkour and like not a tropical setting. The first one was set in like Afghanistan or something like that, or maybe oh. not. Uh, I mean, you drop in and you're like a military paratrooper and it's like in the Middle East or something. Uh, am I making that up? I actually I, think you I'm sound wrong. like I believe you make, make this, this game. If that's not the truth, I do see like the marketing stuff happening, like going on these websites and stuff. And I always see dying light too. Yeah. Was it in the Middle East? Cause I'm actually remembering like there were like zombies running around in like, uh, like swimsuits and stuff. But wait, no, is that dead Island? Hold on. Um, <laughs> In the city of Haran, a mysterious viral outbreak has turned most of the population. Where is Haran? Is that a fake city? Oh, it's in Turkey. Or is it? <laughs> yes, it's in Turkey. So it's not quite the Middle East. It's like bordering on it. But Dying Light 2, like, I played the original one. I actually, weirdly enough, rented it from the library or borrowed it, however you want to say that. And, um, uh, it's fine. It's just, it's there. <laughs> it's a game. Like it was fun, but like, it, I don't really remember a lot. I couldn't remember where it was set. <laughs> like, not that that maybe <laughs> is the most important thing, but, um, I think me getting dying light too is going to be dependent on, first of all, what else is coming out? Cause I think that has an actual date for December or something like that, but, um, it's going to be dependent on what else is out. And then also how people are talking about it. Cause I know that like excitement for it is there. A lot of people are really excited for it, but if it comes out and turns out to be like, well, it's just more of the first one, then I'm good because dying lights original was just like, well, it's dead Island, but like parkour. 
Yeah, I mean, if if, if I'm going to have a choice between Resident Evil Village or Dying Light 2, it will probably oh. be... Resident Evil Village. Resident Evil Village, I would assume. Yeah. Um, not that those are the same kind of game, but like first-person action-y shooter kind of thing. I know you're not really good parkour in Village, but like, yeah. No. I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. So then what are you... Uh, circling back to this, what are you going to be filling these next few weeks with as we wait for more games to come out? Yeah, I, uh, I'm i I'm going to be playing Ratchet and Clank when that comes out. Um, the Rift oh, Apart. Yeah. Which is coming out very soon. Is that a week? Yeah, so I'm excited yeah, for that. Next week is one. Um, but I, I am a little. I, 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 I don't know. I, I'm really kind of flirting about like sticking with Mass Effect or taking a break with it. Um, yeah. Not, and for no other reason other than the fact that you can't like I can't I can't personally half-ass that game. I gotta like go in there, do every side quest, talk to everyone after every mission, um, and, and get that ready. But um, I don't know. Uh, maybe we'll finish this stone stone fly game and then see where I go from there. Sure, sure. I've got a few things uh, that I have that I definitely started and want to finish. I have to wrap up a few games with Elena. The problem is we don't hang out enough to justify us playing like four fucking games at the same time. So, so we, we're like, got to finish up Resident Evil. Got to finish up It Takes Two. Um, we're also playing, I mean, we're playing Persona 5 Royal. We've been doing that since January. Um, sporadically where she will play all of the parts that are not combat and then I will hop in which is just... surprisingly a lot of the game yeah yeah um that's yeah, a good game though when it comes to switch do you think okay okay let's talk about the switch pro real quick and I know we've been talking about it sort of intermittently for the past few weeks but okay so if they do a switch pro what games do you want on there and I know the answer is obviously everything but like if you had to say specifically, here are five games that you want to come over to a more powerful version of the Switch, what would you what would you want? Uh, ones that are, like are good targets for that. Uh, I mean, Persona Five, obviously, like not not like as a joke. Like I feel like that would be like a legitimately good game to play on that. Um, yeah. Did you uh, did you see that that is apparently got an ESRB rating on Xbox? Does it? Uh, Persona Five Royal apparently it did. That's but awesome. I, don't know. I hope it does because if that's the case, there's literally no reason it shouldn't come out for the Switch. Yeah. Well, I think Shin Please. Megami Tensei Five is coming out on Switch. I Look think at that's that right Switch. there. I think that's a might be a Switch exclusive. Anyway, you were saying so Persona Five. Yeah, a lot of these are going to be like uh, like the JRPG kind of route uh, stuff. Yeah. Uh, like Scarlet Nexus would be something I would really like to play on the Switch. Um, mm -hmm. I also, uh, I do hope, uh, the trials of cold steel games come out, but I don't know if that's something that necessarily I need the switch, you know, pro for necessarily. Um, right, right. I know I will be playing disco Elysium on there and I'm hoping that if I do play it on the switch and if it's not the good version, it still runs. Okay. Not that that's a demanding game or anything like that, but I mm -hmm. can imagine that is something that, you know, could potentially be hurt by like stuttering and slow, slowing down and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I think it just it would just allow more things to come out for the Switch if they do, in fact, have a Switch Pro and more of a chance for me playing things day and date that just come out that are new games. Obviously, third-person yeah. shooters aren't the game for me on, on Switch. First-person shooters are definitely not the game for me on Switch, but... No. Um, well, because I think that, like, before Mass Effect Legendary Edition came out, I was kind of like, give that to me on the Switch. Like, that's the place I want to play that. Um 
Yeah, that would be that would be uh, the I mean, perfect one. I'm kind of too deep now, though. <laughs> that's that's the thing. It's like at this point, if they were like, "And it's coming out on Switch," I'm like, damn it, you guys <laughs> like did me so dirty here. Um, and plus the platinum list. I can go. I'm gonna get three platinums by the time I'm done with that. Yeah, you think you're gonna do it like that? Oh, I know I am. Oh yeah. Oh, I got this. Okay, it, it, a follow up question about the Switch Pro. And I know we we touched on this a little bit earlier. So they said in that tweet. That it is, that they are talking exclusively about software. Have they ever? Has a Nintendo ever explicitly referenced the Switch Pro, or has it all so. been rumors, speculations, and like leaks? I, I think it's all been rumors, speculations, or leaks. They haven't talked about it yet, um, from, okay. from what I know. Because I guess my question here is: Do you think it's real? <laughs> It's got to be like like the one thing b- before these uh, reports were coming out about mm. it happening eminently. I would have said maybe it's not coming out this year because of the chip shortages and how it's kind of hard to like get this out anyway. But yeah. I think the longer they wait and maybe it might come out in January, but then you miss the holiday season. Not that Nintendo has to worry about that, but I just think the sooner that they can get this out closer to the launch of the series X and the PS five is the less of a gap there's going to be between the two systems because right. it's really hard to right now think about even entertaining developing for both the series X and the switch because they're so different uh, from each other. I mean, it's like developing for series X on like an iPhone, like, right. <laughs> yeah. Like they're very different and like it, it can work. We've talked about how it works, but yeah. I, I think they, and I also think part of the reason that they've been a little bit, kind of standing off about some of their other announcements is because these announcements probably are going to be better played on the new system. And even going as uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, that game was fine. It just didn't run that great. And it was framey Mm -hmm. and it was that. And that was a new game that came out last year. And that's happening already for a Hyrule Warriors game. Yeah. I can only imagine what some of these other more graphically demanding ones are going to be like. So I think it is going to be announced. Um I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't, though. Do you think that they're going... Because I know that they said that they're talking exclusively about software. Do you think they're going to be like, just kidding, take a look at the Switch Pro? <laughs> to, to, like, throw people off the scent? Because, like, I guess Dude, my, my thing is, hearing them say, like, we're only talking about software, exactly what you said earlier is, like, definitely them saying, stop asking! Which makes sense, but... Also, like, people are asking us, we want to know, because people are very excited for this thing that you may or may not have. <laughs> like. Yeah, like, I, if they are lying, like, why? Why would you do that to yourself? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, that's very true. I'm excited for I, it, though. It's 40 minutes. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. All I can't wait to see uh, Persona 5 just nonstop, a new DLC character for Smash, more Persona 5, more Persona 5. Yeah, uh. Smash! They're doing the last. You think they're gonna get in the last two characters, right? Oh, they they have to do something with Smash. I mean, I haven't thought of that game in, in weeks. So hopefully, hopefully they bring something back. And if they do have a new character for Smash, the one I want them to have yeah, I is. Say, I said nothing in my head. The first thing that came to my mind, I just cleared my mind out. Teddy Ruxpin. Yeah. Teddy Ruxpin? What is that? Yeah, it's like that like bear that was it was like you it, it would like you put a, a cassette in it and it would be like an animatronic bear that would like read you the story. Is this a real thing? 
Or yeah. is this a video game thing? Oh, okay. No, it's not a video game thing. I just I'm <laughs> okay. like I, I literally oh. cleared my hat and like what okay, the first just... thing that's going to be the character. <laughs> Fine. Uh, then I pick Grimace from McDonald's. <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine? Can you imagine if that was like <laughs> you had the McDonald's uh, lineup? That yo, that'd be dope. Yo, it's, uh, yo, I'm a Mayor McCheese man. <laughs> Speaking of which, Teddy Ruxpin is very scary. Uh, you are a picture is incoming of Teddy Ruxpin. Uh, it's basically for for the viewers out there. You've seen Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, you're familiar with that game. That that's what this yeah. thing is. It's like a that Five Nights at Freddy animal. Some have diapers there's a, apparently. There's another one. Oh yeah. Oh, it really is, isn't it? Yeah, and it, like you like it like it'll read a story to you in its little voice based that's on the, the cassette you put into it. It has that's magical fun. eyes too. The one. So there you go. Uh, do you think um, there's a new Five Nights at Freddy's coming out this year? Apparently, you can play that one. <laughs> no, I haven't. No, <laughs> no, uh, no, no. I've uh, I've never had any interest in those. I mean, like I don't know. They were just like jump scare fests, and that's not fun for me. <laughs> yeah. And just like that, we've reached the end of our show. Thanks so much for listening to Hitbox episode number forty. Six. We are going to be doing a lot of E3 stuff in the, the coming weeks here. Justin has dropped a Teddy Ruxpin image in my in this or Discord chat. Uh, someone's cutting his face off with a knife, and here's a power move. I'm going to delete it out of our Discord chat. It's actually <laughs> a video on YouTube that tells you what's inside oh. the original Teddy Ruxpin. Oh, why would they cut it open with a knife? Is that anyway? Well, it's thanks so much for listening. Too, so. Oh, good. That's, That's exactly that what you need to cut through, that sort of thing. Um, if you feel so inclined, it would be great if you would follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or even leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That does a whole lot for us. And if you would tell a friend if you like the show, that would also be, hey, that would be excellent. You can also, if you are interested, if you want to talk to us about the next six months and what it means for gaming what about the past six months and what it meant for gaming uh we would love to hear from you at hitbox pod on twitter or you can send us an email at hitbox official podcast at gmail.com justin do you have anything to say before we wrap up here uh yeah everyone you should uh purchase a teddy ruxpin and then you should make a teddy ruxpin fight a furby and see who wins oh that's kind of fun very um what was that show about two about like it was like a real competition battle bots but robots oh. <laughs> fight each other. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. BattleBots. That should be it. They should bring that back. Is that still going? Um, Boston. Get two teams from Boston Dynamics to make BattleBots. Oh, I would I would watch the fuck out of that. Sorry, I don't mean to be so graphic, but... Um, hey, thanks so much for listening. We'll, we'll catch you all next week. Always remember, old games are old. See you later. Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>